0: Welcome to A Longer Table Podcast, a space where curiosity and proximity will challenge everything you thought you knew. I'm your host, Amanda Carpenter, inviting you to pull up a seat. You just might leave thinking, maybe we're not so different. about something and I are using to uphold our boundaries in our home that's benefiting our marriage and ensuring that Shia doesn't always see us with our phones in hand. It's called RO. RO is a solution for aligning your actions and your intentions. What I mean by that is it's easy to want a life where you spend quality time face to face with your spouse, kids, friends every single day. But are we willing to do whatever it takes to make that happen? I know I've tried a lot of different techniques and set goals around being unplugged and detached from my phone in order to be fully present. But RO has been the most effective by far. Here's why. RO is one part app, one part, beautiful box. The RO app tracks the time that your phone is put away in the box and the box, which is aesthetically pleasing, by the way, sits on our bar cart in an area of our living room that we spend the most time in. It's a visual cue to put our phones away, an invitation to be intentional. E and I will often put our phones in it, forget that they're in there. Later, when we go back to get our phone out, it tells us how much time they were in the box and allows us to actually save, or in other words, log that time as whatever we were doing. So a few recent examples from the last week for me were baking, playing trucks with Shia, park as a family, dinner prep, reading. This is so motivating for me. RO is a true invitation to do more of the things that we all say matter to us. And I'm telling you, it will change your life. Check out RO at goRO.com. Use code Manda to get one month free when you purchase an annual or two-year membership. Mary,
1: thanks for agreeing to come back for a part two. I'm so excited. Me too. We had a good conversation. Let's continue it. We did. So for those of you who haven't listened, we're going to link the first conversation in our show notes. That's a great place to start. Um, but if you're you know, just now joining us, this is going to be a good one too. So Mary, we're going to focus in on another aspect of parenting. Um, I've got a couple specific questions for you. And I want to take it further. In our first conversation, we talked about ways that, you know, sometimes we... uh, Maybe we do things as parents that... We either do because it's what was done to us or we do because it's kind of our natural instinct. We haven't maybe learned a different way or haven't been equipped with other tools in terms of how we parent or how we discipline or whatever the case is. And I want to talk for a little bit about how we can course correct if we feel like we've been quote unquote getting it wrong. Maybe that's a horrible way of putting it. But let's say we used to spank or maybe we're someone who we didn't see anything really wrong with spanking um we don't feel like we ever took it too far and but we heard that first conversation where you talk explicitly about you know spanking not being an appropriate way to discipline a child and now we want to do better but we don't really know where to start it's like if you've been doing things one way for so long sometimes it's hard to do it a new way mm-hmm. or you feel like those new ways aren't as effective in Getting the result that you want, whatever it is. So, I guess I'm curious. It doesn't have to be the spanking example. It could be what we talked about in our first conversation, as far as um, my toddler wanting something every time I go into Target, and me feeling like if I say no, he's going to throw a tantrum. We we talked through that scenario. Mm -hmm. So if if there's a parent listening, and they feel like they no longer want to do things the way that they've done them, how did they course correct? What 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 would you say to that person? I feel like there's two parts to this question. There's literally, what do
2: I do differently? Tell me the instructions. And Mm. we could dig into that. But there's also like, okay, I think I know what I'm supposed to do, but I've done all this stuff in the past. And there's like that shame monster. Um, Which one do you think we should go into?
1: I think the shame monster. That one maybe first. And then if we can get practical with some uh, tangible advice on alternative ways to maybe how we were raised or Mm -hmm. how our parents or other old school methods have taught us to discipline. And
2: yeah. uh, And that's like my bread and butter. I have a one hour class called kind that is just four ways, specific techniques for positively parenting and gentle parenting. And maybe we could dig into one of those um, today if you want to. But I will say as you make this shift from kind of old school or how it was for you, just get ready for like lower customer service levels because <laughs> you're, what, what you decide is effective is going to kind of plummet in a way because it's very effective to yell at somebody. It's very effective to say, if you don't do this right now, I'm going to smack you. Right. Like that gets people moving and grooving. Um, and so it's going to appear like, oh, but now I, I, I'm not, it, I, I'm not as uh, impactful. and. Great parenting is not super efficient. Great parenting um, it is relationship-based and it's, it's a little more awkward and it's a little less um, predictable, but it's consistently showing up prioritizing the relationship over the control of the child. And so it's got these amazing long-term benefits of still being connected to this teenager. I'm and then them wanting to come home. I mean, there's this beauty long-term, but short-term, it's just not efficient. Like, um, you know, maybe we can talk about the do-over and how inefficient it is to say, let's try that again versus, okay, you're out of here. You screwed up. You know, like if you're watching a a, a sports game, it's so much more efficient if the ref just like, get get him out of here. He's done. Versus, hey, everybody, let's stop the whole game and let's try it again so you can have a muscle memory of what it looks like to do it appropriately or right. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Not efficient, customer levels, service levels plummet because now you're also pausing. Okay, he just said something really disrespectful to me. Well, let me take a minute. What I would have done is smacked him. I don't do that anymore. Um, But I'm also kind of feeling some some rage because how dare you talk? Like there's this whole process now you have to go through, which is unnatural in the beginning, but we get so much better at it. So your kid's standing there going, are you going to answer me or not? You know, and, and you're thinking, okay, no, I'm I'm doing the eight steps that I learned. Right. And it's just, let's just give ourselves some grace that it's, it's just going to look a little wonky at first. It's like learning a new language and um, there's some mindset work here too. And I hate that phrase because it just sounds so coachy and like, oh, geez, give me some actual concrete things to do with my kid. Don't talk to me about mindset, but it's kind of crucial. And I'll give you an example. I just went to a Korean spa for the first time since COVID. Have you ever been to one?
1: No, but it sounds lovely. I love it's the real- spa.
2: Well, what's amazing is it's
1: a bunch of women
2: naked and standing around hanging out in the water, getting massaged, getting what they're really amazing at is scrubbing you and all this flakes of skin is everywhere. Anyway, it's a whole (laughs) way of like tending to the body, but it's also a little uncomfortable because you're staring at other people's areolas the whole time. And you know, if you didn't come from a lot of comfortable with nudity and the reason I bring it up is that we went, a girlfriend and I went and we took our 18 year old daughter's. And the difference in the way they approached it, one was like, I'm so excited. This is so cool. And she kept saying, this is really neat. I've never done this before. And it was sort of infectious because if this person who's never done it before is like, just assuming it's going to be great, it really changed like the temperature, the emotional vibe. Whereas if you have somebody who's like, oh, brother, I'm going to have... And I, and I have gone to a Korean spa with that person as well who's like, oh, I'll, I'll just sit here or cover me up or like they're bringing this level of anxiety to it or self-judgment. It's a whole different vibe. So we have to decide, how do we want, do we want to be that excited person of like, check you out, self. You used to hit and now you're pausing. Look at you. You went 30 seconds and instead of yelling, you walked out. That's amazing. Like We need that inner cheerleader to be able to sustain this change. If instead mm-hmm. you're like, "Ugh, I suck. I should have been doing it this specific way." Then like that I can just feel the deflation. Is that a word? You deflate. Yeah. There's no hope when you're holding yourself like as wrong. Like you don't get to be wrong in this process and I I I, I You're just learning new information. And when we learn something new, we begin to shift and alter. Not only is your child brand new to this planet and they're learning, you're brand new to mothering. I don't care if I've never had an 18 year old before, so I'm brand new to it. So I guess my takeaway, of is like a buzzword is like celebrate rather than eviscerate yourself. Hmm. And it's a real choice to decide how you want to show up alongside yourself as you're learning. It's like if you're teaching a kid how to ride on two wheels, you're not like, hey, don't forget you've always used um training wheels. Like <laughs> here you are, you're so late to this. How could you use your don't do that. You say, look at you, you went a few feet. It's okay, you fell. We're gonna try it again. Like you bring that nurturing energy and we're gonna need that to try this whole brand new way of being. I don't know what what do you think of that?
1: Yeah. No, I think it's so helpful. I think that it's never easy to change behavior, to transform a way of being. But I think it's a really brave and beautiful thing when people try. And I know for myself, I appreciate the the kid on a bicycle example with the, you know, oh, you went a few feet and then he fell. It's like, for me, every day, I think there are there are moments where I have... I, I had one yesterday. Because my son is currently on spring break from daycare. So normally, he's at daycare all day. Well, he's with me all week this week. Um, Obviously, I have the help of my village friends, family, the whole thing. But yesterday was pretty much a mommy shy day all day. Mm. And there was a moment where I thought of what you said in our first conversation. I don't recall exactly how you said it. But here's what my brain took away, which is that he regulates off of my regulation. I, again, you may yeah. not have said it exactly like that, but that was my takeaway. And I think about that a lot. And it was a moment where I could have been like high, high anxiety, freak out, panicky. And that probably just would have triggered him into an escalation. And instead, I was like, I calmed myself. I like took that 10 second, no, more like two seconds or whatever it was um, to kind of bring myself back down a little bit and approach it differently. And wow. it's in those moments and that I... And did you celebrate yeah, you know, I I did. I I had that moment, maybe not tangibly, but I had that moment internally where I was really proud of myself. As we then get into the restaurant and we sit down, I took him to Panera. We had a lunch date. He's big enough to sit in the booth across from me now. It's so weird. Oh. Um, it was really really cute. But yeah, I had that moment where I was like, "Dang, you're doing it!" Now, about an hour later, I didn't do it so well. Mm. And the beautiful thing though is there are a lot of opportunities in my day with with a toddler, especially to. Mm. Try again. Mm-hmm. I fell. I got back up. Now I'm riding again. You know, that's what I think of. So, yeah, I I no longer, and I this is in all areas of my life, not just parenting, but I will say motherhood's a crash course in this. I no longer am striving for perfection. I know that it's not possible. That I'm just going to beat myself up every day if that's my goal. Um, and I know that Shia doesn't need a perfect mom. Mm-hmm. I know that um, the best thing I can do though is work through my own stuff to show up well for him. And I think, I mean, that's why I even asked you to have a part two conversation is I'm so invested in this. Like how can we be the best versions of ourselves and show up well for our kids? And I mean, they're probably still going to need therapy when they grow up. I mean, I'm in therapy and I had a great mom, but she didn't do everything right. And I know I'm not going to get it all right. So I think the point is that we're trying. And so I like what you said about celebrating and not focusing on the areas when we do revert back to old patterns or old ways, but really when we when we are capable of of doing it differently, and we and we do do that, celebrate that, focus on that, focus on what's changing. i I am curious to ask a, a specific question on still on this topic. So if we used to do things one way, we no longer want to do it that way, and we're we decided to make a change. Do we just rip it off like a band-aid? and we do we have a conversation with our kid and say, "Hey, I know that." you're three years old and you might not totally get this, but mommy's going to do things differently. I mean, what's the best approach to making pretty dra- pretty drastic changes in our parenting styles? Like, is there, do we soft launch this? Do we hard launch it? I love like, it. <laughs> well, it really I, depends do do on, on the new behavior you're taking on. But I,
2: my first idea, my first thought is that it's a soft launch. The way we sustain change is from small doable changes that are really concrete. So it's not like, Hey child, from now on, I'm going to be the most calmest, gentlest, um, you know, responsive, not reactive mother. I think it's more like from now on, mommy's going to get up 15 minutes earlier than you do. So I'm all ready in the morning before I'm helping you get ready. It's like this concrete specific thing. It's just like when someone says, you know what, Starting tomorrow, I'm going to be organized. What does that mean? It's a whole collection of small. um, Does it mean you're going to dump out that one drawer and fix it? Like We just need to get really small and granular about the thing we're going to do so we don't go, you know what? I'm awful at this. I'm just going back to what worked, right? So being kind to yourself, don't change everything. And then I'm all about proclamations and announcements to your child. Um, Now that it's um, daylight savings times, mommy is, um, mommy's not going to yell anymore. Like just link it to something else, but don't make that pronouncement because we're going to yell, but we can say things like you deserve to feel safe. And so um, I need a second. Mommy needs to calm her body down. Um, So I think, we want to be careful not to parentify our child. And that's a, that's the idea of like bringing them along with us and processing everything with them. That's not their job. Um, They, it's kind of like, I just had a um, team meeting and I feel so overwhelmed with the steps that need to happen for this new thing I want to do. And I had to fake it with my team I can't show up with my hands in my head and go, I don't know, guys, wish just luck. Like I'm the leader. So I have mm-hmm. to be like, okay, so we know what we're, you know, I have to, I have to bring this like grounded energy, um, to the team or else everybody starts spinning. And that's the same thing with our child. So like, they're going to benefit from this. So we don't really need to like, I don't know, um, like branded a certain way. But but tell me maybe a specific. Like if you used to spank and you're not going to anymore, then um I would just let that go and you don't need to say that to your child. Um you just start working um through another discipline technique. Um, and a lot of that is follow through. Mommy's going to help you and your body go upstairs rather than okay, you didn't do it, now you get spanked, right? But you don't mm-hmm. really need to announce it. You just start doing it. The proof it's a lot like modeling and doing the thing is way more important than the words you say.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. That's helpful. No, it's really good. I you you mentioned gentle parenting briefly. Um, like it just came up. I, I heard I heard you say the word. And I do have a question specifically about that. On social media specifically, I've been seeing a lot of reels, a lot of, I don't know, just different posts where people are saying you know, I do... I I take the approach of gentle parenting, but it does not mean that my kid walks all over me. It does not mean that my kid runs the show. Can you talk about that for a minute? Because I do think there's sort of a misconception. Like, I, I would say that I'm doing my best to take a gentle parenting approach with Shia and any child in my care. And I have to say, it's not natural for me. One, I'm just not a very gentle person. I'm a more like abrasive or aggressive personality. Enneagram eight, my energy's not gentle not my I, demeanor. I rebuke abrasive. You are a doer and a leader.
2: And <laughs> we're going to speak kindly about you. Enneagram eights run the world. I was raised by one.
1: Thank you. Um, yeah, my husband on the other hand, gentle is like, he's like a puppy dog. Like he's just mm-hmm. gentle. That's just who mm-hmm. he is. It's so sweet. And I like adore it and I just we laugh because even when I try to be gentle sometimes it's kind of funny it's just Mm -hmm. so out of the organic of who I am but at the same time if if you see gentleness come out of me it's usually with a small child or a small puppy or something like that is when I I that just more naturally does come out anyway all of this to say we are trying really hard to take that approach. And it is not always easy for me because I think I was raised by, I don't know if the right term or how you would phrase this, but like authoritarian par- parenting. Very much like my way or the highway. Like mm-hmm. I'm your parent, do as I say, no questions asked. So that is naturally a lot of times the script in my mind or or I will feel embarrassment in public when Shia doesn't listen to me mm-hmm. because I'm like, everyone's watching me. What am I going to do? Like I feel that. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I'll be like, it, it can become a power struggle. I guess is what I'm trying to say, mm-hmm. and that's something I'm working on currently, and something I care about a lot. Um, when I take the approach of a more a more gentle parenting approach, it does look a little more like uh, a dance where I'm involving this child, and it's not all me running the show, which can feel really good for my ego. Mm and like you said in the beginning it's maybe not as as efficient definitely not most of the time because i get my way if i'm a th- if i'm just you know the sort of dictator but i do think it's more nurturing to the relationship so that was all to say i'm a fan of what i know gentle parenting to be and what i'm learning about it currently and what i'm experiencing in my relationship with my child it feels fruitful so i'm for it but explaining it to people who have different methods or believe very much that the bible says you are to lead and if your child's not listening they're not obeying like it is your job like they would say probably it's ridiculous to to say i'm going to help your body do that like they they might think that's ridiculous i just want to talk about that for a minute i want to talk about the misconceptions with gentle parenting and not that it is our job to change anyone's minds. That's not even why I'm having this conversation. Is I'm not here to convince anyone to do things like me or to believe what I believe. I I want the table to be longer, though. And I think I'm asking multiple questions. Sorry to love overwhelm it. Well, you. Well, let me let me dig in here. Yeah, let's dive in.
2: What what? Let's say what we mean by gentle parenting, because nobody owns that as a phrase. Um, it's just sort of because, and I think it's a collection of things. It means um respectful to the child um and it's sort of uh treating them in a way that doesn't result in trauma or um in and that honors the sovereignty of who they are which is also called conscious parenting so there's a lot in there um basically we're, we've evolved as people right but i i think What people get confused about is, well, wait, it sounds like you and the child are equal. And we're not doing child-led families here. We're doing child-centric, meaning I'm going to take into consideration, I'm going to use my empathy to think about what it's like to be a child, and I can make some shifts to accommodate that but I'm not gonna let this child lead. So I just wanna make a big distinction between child-led versus child-centered. We are the leader and um, in many cases, what we say needs to go. But I think letting go of the first time compliance, which just creates sort of um, pushes everything down and, and creates robots.
0: We'll get back to the conversation after this quick advertisement. Long gone are my days of shopping at Forever 21. Now that I know better, I try to do better. I try to shop ethically and avoid contributing to the world of fast fashion. And I'd rather purchase fewer high-quality pieces that will last instead of buying cheap, low-quality clothes that wear out after a few washes. This is just one reason I love Able. Able's high-quality leather, handmade jewelry, apparel, denim, and shoes aren't just investment pieces for your wardrobe. They're an investment in women around the world. Able takes their responsibility to their customers, the planet, and their social impact very seriously. So if, like me, you want insanely cute, lasting staples hanging up in your closet— and you want to support a mission that's greater than yourself? Give Able a visit at ableclothing.com. Join myself and Able in moving fashion forward. Use code A LONGER TABLE 15 for 15% off when you shop. Now, back to the show.
1: Yeah, how do we uphold our boundaries? How do we uphold our way of wanting to parent? You know, we're let's say the gentle parenting methods. When the grandparents have something to say about it, or our friends who parent differently than us have something to say about it, they either want to step in and talk over us and kind of show us how they would do it. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. happened. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes there's a passive-aggressive comment. I've seen you do some reels around this type of of thing before, and it's so relatable. It's scary. (laughs) And I know I'm not alone. Yeah. How do we handle that? Because it's awkward. Well,
2: I believe that the spiciest kids are here to help us like slough off the part of us that cares so much what other people think. Mm. And this is a countercultural walk we're going down if we believe that hey, I I'm going to make space for this child who doesn't have the prefrontal cortex yet and can't regulate. I'm I'm going to bring a level of mercy to this and I'm going to help them, which you didn't know about, mom. You didn't know that that kids can't regulate themselves. So, you know, shut up or I'm going to give you something to cry about that child can't. So, we're maybe shutting them down and creating a trauma response, whatever. So, I think there's number 1 is do you know why you're doing it? Any boundary It's really hard to set and it's kind of like cloudy if we aren't kind of sure why we're doing it. So this is creating like a real soul searching of our own. So that's like step one. It's like, what, why are you parenting this way? And what specifically are you doing that's different? So, um, and you know, my classes can help in that, but figuring that out and then talking about with your parent, like there is a common goal here. We both want um, such goodness for this child, um, but we differ. We disagree on the way to get there. And, um, you know, hey, mom, I'm I'm making more space for the variability of behavior at this age. I, I can have more tolerance for it. I get that that's, that wasn't your journey. So naming what it is for ourselves what we're gonna do and then naming the common goal, which is I know you love your grandkid and I know you want what's best for them. As the parent, this is how I'm gonna get there. And um being confident, I think, in your sovereignty, like you are the leader. It's not these other people. And so when you I, I kind of think this conflict is here to help you stand up fully into yourself. And can I read a, a quote from Glennon Doyle that I'm obsessed
1: with? Yes, which is it from one of her books?
2: Yeah, it's from Untamed. And she says, a woman becomes a responsible parent when she stops being an obedient daughter. Mm. When she finally understands she's creating something different from what her parents created, and she kind of goes on to, to talk about that, there is a conflict here, and we got to choose the little person we've been given to advocate for, and also choose kind of the inner knowing we have about what it was like to be raised in kind of a um, first-time obedience um vibe and what parts of us that push down and it's it's there is going to be conflict here and a bit of a a fissure as you figure out no this is the ground I want to stand on this is what's important to me and maybe you haven't set those boundaries before it was bound to happen now it's happening around parenting another thing that you can do to help other people feel more comfortable even though we have no ability to make them like what we're doing. We can't, we do not have control over the perception other people have about us. And I mean, I've been on the receiving end of a parent like rolling their eyes saying, well, I know you do things differently. Um and and I know you didn't like how you were parented. you know gonna be there's these passive aggressive remarks that we just kind of have to let go. But one thing we can do to help that person feel more comfortable is sports cast. Like to say out loud what we're seeing. Because sometimes they think, well, you're not on it. I got to get in there. And that's definitely Enneagram 8 energy. If, I, if I'm if i not sure you're in charge of it, then I will be in charge. So it's saying, mm-hmm. like, I've got this. It, putting your hand out, like, thank you so much. Um, I want you to be the grandparent. You get to do the fun part. Let me be the parent. Well, you're not really doing anything. Oh, well, let me explain to you again, outside of my child's earshot, because it's it's not respectful to have this conversation in front of my child but I'll explain to you again what our strategy is. But saying like, oh, I don't think grandma likes when you use that that voice with her. Why don't you and I head upstairs and, and have a little um downtime together or let's you and I go play this. That's not a punishment. Um, there's no shame in that. It's more like, I know my parents don't have the tolerance for this. I'm gonna protect them and my child from this by regrouping and regulating with them. That's a lot. What do you think about
1: that? No, 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 that's good. yeah, it's I like I like what you said about first and foremost, really knowing knowing why you're doing what you're doing and making sure you fully like believe in it so you can stand in that conviction because if you haven't if you are taking, let's say the approach of gentle parenting, but you're not entirely sure what you're doing and what it means and what it means to you and what your goals are with it, then it would be hard to uphold that. Um, so I think that was really good. Secondly, I think that, yeah, it's, it's, it's just always nice to be reminded that we can't control other people's perceptions of us. I think I could use that reminder every day of my life. Um, because it's just, it's natural to, in that moment where, you know, you feel the judgment, you hear the passive aggressive comment, you feel the looks, you know, it's like shy is too. He'll hit sometimes to get my attention is what I've found. So I will often say, Oh, I think you want mommy's attention hitting me. You know, I don't want you to hit mommy. That's not how you get my attention. Let's practice. How do you get my attention? I, again, I don't even know if that's the right approach, but that's what I've currently been doing. Cause I've noticed that's when he'll hit me is usually yes. if I'm talking to someone else and giving them my attention, he, he, he'll usually respond after a while with, yeah, he'll come up and he'll, he'll like smack me. And mm-hmm. I feel like most people are like, Oh, or, A parent will be like, "You're gonna let him smack you?" It's like, "No, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna let 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 him. I'm not inviting." I know that
2: feeling of like in your belly when the person's looking at you and you're like, "I know what they want from me, and I know what success would look like to them." Yeah, in that situation, you can be stronger. It's still gentle to say no, thank you. But what's really quote unquote gentle or respectful is to get ahead of it. Like this is a skill he doesn't have yet. Mm -hmm. He can handle about. You know, whatever minutes it is. So preempting that, like, come here, baby, come sit on my lap as I finish this conversation, like reconnecting in some way. Cause you already know that's a, it's a bit of a habit. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I just, I know that feeling of, yeah, they're looking at you like, are you going to do something about this? Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to do something. Uh, yeah, we're working on it. And that's another way of sports casting, like, we're working on it. it and naming it's hard for him. Um, Right now, to not have full attention, so we're building that ability in him. Kind of like letting someone know you have a growth mindset about this. You are aware of it. You're working on it. Your strategy is different from theirs.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and the other thing I
2: think is important when you want to set a boundary with somebody is practicing saying it. Like practice it with a friend. Write it out because it feels really emotional and shaky to stand up to somebody who has been the authority our whole life. Um, but you know, when I think about like respecting our parents, sometimes the best way to respect them is to hold a boundary when they're not acting respectable. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like to to help teach them how to how to be in relationship with us so that we can maintain a long relationship. So sometimes we are the more conscious, more sentient person in the relationship. That's still respecting your parent.
1: Yeah, that's good. I have had to rehearse uh, a specific scenario. I won't go into detail because I believe um, a lot of my family listens to my podcast. So I never wanted to like create conflict that's not necessary. But I've had to rehearse things because I know they've repeatedly come up. And at some point, I grow really tired of feeling like I'm defending the way that I am or the way that my husband and I have chosen to go about something with one of our kids and and I brought this up in our initial conversation we're foster parents too so also the way that we raise the way that we parent some of our other kids is going to be different than our bio kids and that's that is not um because we love them less that's because that's trauma informed and that's what we need to do to meet them where they're at so yes. they may get a lot more screen time than what we would prefer our biological children to have but also they have not been raised by us for the first 8 plus years of their life so We're not going to come in and take away one of the only comforts they've had, you know, things like that, Mm -hmm. where you're just like, you don't, person, you don't understand, but it's okay. Um, We know what we're doing. We're, we're good. Well, and I love the idea of just like naming what you want from your parent or the person
2: like, Hey, I feel like you're coming in to educate me or to give me advice. And actually what I need most right now is encouragement. Mm. I need, I need encouragement. I need, um, respite care, you know, like naming what you need, um, to bring their attention to what they're, that they're, what they're giving you is not what you need.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. So much of what I think you're good at is, you know, you're, you're working with parents of spicy ones, but you're really good. Even if someone's not a parent yet at learning how to like speak up for themselves and like own their beliefs and stand confident in who they are. So I just want to say that because Mm -hmm. maybe that's part of the work that parents are doing, uh, unfortunately, after the kids are already here. But if we can do it even before they're here to some degree, because there will always be more work, right? Transformation and growth. It's all ongoing. But I think it's really cool that even if you're not a parent, there's so much wisdom you could glean from what you're sharing and teaching and how you're educating people. Yeah. Like some people
2: have said that they'll just watch the parenting reels and they'll just apply it to their inner child. Yeah. So if you're saying like, oh, delight in this child, yeah. Delight in yourself. Take a moment to notice what's um, lovable and enough and beautiful about yourself.
1: Yeah. It's so important. So, so good. And so many, so many of us lacked that and maybe still lack that. And so learning that we can we can do things differently for ourselves and for any future generations in our family.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, I thought we could wrap up this conversation with kind of one one other area I want to get into, which is how do we then have a healthy relationship with our adult children? But I wanted to speak about it, not from the perspective of me as I get older with Shia, but really, I, w- I would love for you to speak to the the women or parents listening whose children are now adults who who maybe, whether they're adults or have just entered college, whatever, they kind of just left the nest maybe, or maybe they're married. I I would love for you to speak to being an in-law or just being a parent of an adult child and really anything you could share, I I would love to hear and I'm sure will be helpful. Well, I think a big part of it is
2: consent. It's just what comes to mind is that our approach to our adult child has to completely shift to getting consent to to like we can't just show up at their house um maybe we can but i guarantee you that that when they're married now there's a new person and, and new rules and so being comfortable adapting and asking would that be okay or how are you feeling um i think is really important i also think repairing the past and naming it. And maybe you don't know, but you know, there's like this tension or it feels like your kid never wants to be around you. Um, Part of that is you may still be holding on to the role of like, well, I'm here to fix. I'm here to make things better. Nobody wants that from, Hmm. as an adult, from their parent. All we want is somebody who delights in us, who's in our corner, who encourages us, who's a good listener, who says, "Would you like me just to listen or were you looking for advice?" Mm. Like that's another consent area. Asking, "What what are you hoping for me in this conversation?" Because if we get it wrong multiple times, they stop they stop calling. Mm. So, um finding out what they're needing from us in that moment, naming, opening a conversation of like What's it like to be mothered by me? I know we had some good times, but I was still trying to figure out things. Tell me a little bit about what that was like for you. But don't initiate that conversation if you actually can't handle the answer. Like, there's a lot of people who are like, "Okay, if that's the technique, I'll do it." But if you hear like, "Hey, I, I didn't, it, I didn't like how we always had people over, and it felt like we never, I don't, you know, you never know what you're going to hear, and being able to say." to reflectively reflect back what you're hearing and then to take some time to reflect on your role in that um sometimes we go right to defensive oh well the reason I did that no mm-hmm. one's looking to try to understand you better as to why you did it they're looking to be heard do you see me now that i'm aware i didn't like that or that that felt um abusive or that hurt my feelings like just being able to listen I can imagine how that would hurt your feelings or can you say more about that? Can you tell me more what it's like to be in relationship with me? I'm learning and growing. So opening up that amazing conversation, if you're ready to be non-defensive and to ask them and to maybe, uh, you know, apologize for some things, we all are going to mess up. You're not uniquely flawed because you've got some things to apologize for. I was just apologizing to my 18-year-old the other day because my mom told me a story of us traveling and food coming to the table, and I started freaking out at three. They had ordered pomme de fruits, which means like that we were in France. This is my privilege story for the day for you. <laughs> we, were, we were in France and they wanted to order French fries, which is, I think, pomme de terre, which is um, fruit of the earth or, or, yeah, or apples of the earth, I think it is. But instead, whatever they said, pomme de fruit, what came was a bowl of sliced apples in ice water. And I lost it at three. And in this story, she's telling me, so we went and put you in the car cracked the window and finished eating. And I'm just thinking about this little three-year-old who needed um, help regulating because they were so disappointed and they were traveling. So their whole routine was off. And instead they got locked in a car. I don't remember it, but um, that's a bummer. And in a perfect world, there would be an apology. Hmm. Like, I'm sorry I did that. So I heard that story and I came home to my 18-year-old and I was like, there was a few times I locked you in your room because mm-hmm. I didn't know what to do. You're hitting us. You're screaming. It wasn't getting better, and so I moved you to into your room and I put the eye hook on. And I, you, you know, and and I, do you remember this? Yes, she remembers it. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't know what to do. I'm sorry. I didn't know about calming myself and being able to weather that and be there for you. And so. I mean, we, there wasn't like this gorgeous um, <laughs> response. I wish there was, but I hope that sinks into her that I'm open to being having have been wrong or to have contributed to her pain on some level, and I can be a safe place where she can she can say that to me.
1: Yeah, that's so honest and vulnerable and humble of you to share, and it's helpful example. I think it's it's great. Like I, I like. Thinking of examples from my childhood that I do that I do remember, or if I'm in conversation and and my parent like reminds me of something. And really using that to then go like you just did, to then my child to say, Hey, I didn't get this right. I missed the mark here. I don't know if you remember it, but you know, that is one thing that I feel pretty strongly about is even even at this young age of two. Shia has heard me apologize to him a lot. And again, that doesn't always come easy for me, but it is the more I do it. Actually, it's becoming a lot You're building easier. building a muscle.
2: Yeah. Being able to repair.
1: But I am seeing, and I don't know if it's all attributed to this, you know, how much is nature versus nurture and all of that? I don't know, but he is one of the most empathetic, just kind and compassionate human beings. And, it's, it's so cool. Like, I'm just so proud that he's my kid. Uh, the other day, a little girl fell when we were, we had a play date and she fell and she wasn't really hurt, but she, you know, just like eh, a little bit, you know, crying and he runs over to her and he's like helping her get up and he's like hugging her. He was actually hugging her to the point where she was going to fall again. And we were like, okay, maybe like back off a little, maybe a little more gentle. Um, um but he just aggressively wanted to come in and, and save her and help her. And, love on her. And yeah, I just, these aren't things we're really teaching him, but I think, I I just hope that all the modeling, as we've been talking about, modeling the apology, modeling the, the, I got it wrong. I want to do better. The gentle approaches, the. And can I put a plug here? I have a free how to repair with your child PDF
2: that maybe you could put in the show notes. Oh
1: yes. I need it. That'd be great. Yeah. Because there's a few steps
2: we all forget. And one of them is, what was that like for you? Mm. Like, I'm sorry, I yelled at you. You deserve to be safe. But then having a moment of like, what's it like when mommy yells at you? That's a real repair. Is that you give the other person a chance to be heard and to catch to figure out what your the impact was on them. And then the other thing that I feel like this is a Christian thing that <laughs> has been ingrained in us is we do not need to say, "Do you forgive me?
0: Do mm. you forgive
2: mommy?" That's not really any of our business. That's sort of making it about us. Um, so we just, we repair and maybe we can ask, what would you, what do you want mommy
1: to do next time? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, those are my two thoughts. So. so good. Yeah, we'd love to link that in the show notes for people. This, this whole conversation has been such a gift. I'm so thankful you were um, willing to come back for a part two because there's just so much more we could get into. But this was a great place to start. And I appreciate that we got to talk a little bit about a different perspective. So for my empty nesters listening, for people who have adult children, I think there was a lot that you shared here towards the end that is just gems that (laughs) need to be heard. And um, they're great reminders. And yeah, we just appreciate you and we adore you. And I'm so glad that you have a seat at our table, Mary. So thanks for being here. I want to come back. Yeah. Part three.